2: April and then Brisbane after that. I'm also doing Who Knew It's in Perth and Adelaide. Uh, Details for all that stuff at MattStewartComedy.com.
3: Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. real noom user compensated to provide their story in four weeks the typical noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week individual results may vary
1: this podcast is part
0: of the planet broadcasting network visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Do Go On. Jess is already laughing. I am here with me, Dave Warnieke, and I'm here with Jess and her laugh. It's Jess and Matt. Hello.
2: Hello. (laughs) (laughs) So confusing. Jess
0: and her laugh and Matt and his butt. Is that what you said? What have I got? You're
2: here with you, me, Dave Warnieke.
0: (laughs) Here I am. This is confusing. Confusing start, especially if you've never heard the show before. But anyway, bear with us.
1: If
2: you
0: it- haven't heard the show before, why are you starting at episode 113?
2: Because of this very interesting topic, I assume. Ah,
0: that makes sense.
1: It is a very interesting topic. You guys don't know what it is yet, but we'll get there in, in, uh, in, in, in due course. Mm. Well, weather update for the listeners. I know they love us talking about the weather. They it is love not, it. It's not hot. It's not cold. But it is very wet outside.
0: Yeah. It's pissing down. <laughs> <laughs> it's an absolute pisser. <laughs> it is pissing down. It's pissing down. Dave called me from outside. To complain about the rain and she didn't do anything about it. Yeah, he was like, I'm here, but it's... I had to park down the street. I was like, that's great, Dave. Get inside. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I'm like it's not going to stop in the next five minutes for you to be able to just wander in. Make a what run for it, expecting? you little bitch.
1: You know what? I waited five minutes and she was right. It did not stop for me.
0: So you ran like a little bitch, didn't you?
1: Uh. Well, I, would, I put it in a different way. I strolled like a little bitch. That's what, I, <laughs> that's what I do. I can't run, especially in rain. What do you want me to risk my life? Never. I would never ask you to do that. Please don't do that. Oh, it was very wet. But I do call you every time I pull up outside because I'm so anxious about seeing Matt. Yeah, <laughs> Trying to get you on side.
0: Yeah. You're always like, is he there? Yeah. I'm like, yes, Dave, we're recording a podcast. And I'm like,
1: are you there? Because I cannot be left alone with him. I know.
0: I know. I'm. Is that true? I can't be. I'm mostly here as a mediator.
2: You can't be left alone with me because you're afraid of what you'll do or you're afraid of what I'll do.
0: Oh, interesting distinction. Yes, very important, Matthew. Mm. Good call. I'm afraid of what I'll do because of what you do. Interesting.
2: Okay.
1: okay. It's called self-defense.
0: Right. Okay. Read about it. Okay.
2: Yeah. Huh? Right. I'm going to look that up. Self-defense. Okay. He's
0: got a crayon out, which is weird. <laughs> Ripping it with his whole fist. How huh? do you search things? No, no, it's good, Manny. Good job. He's going to go down to the library tomorrow, get out an encyclopedia. <laughs> They're
2: Look the ones up. that cost a little more money.
0: Mm. Mm. Yes. Pay, dear. Oh, nice one. Nice Is that one. where you got that from? No?
2: No, no, it's just an expensive brand. <laughs> You're not familiar with it. Okay, interesting. Oh.
0: I am not a classy lady.
1: I think we've uh, warmed up <laughs> Matt enough there with that humor. You're. Firing on, c- on cylinders, so maybe we should uh, get yeah. into the show. Oh, uh, yep. Uh, no, if you haven't heard the show before because you are interested in this very interesting topic that we'll get to in a second, this is a show where one of us takes it in turn to uh, – <laughs> we all take it in turn. One of us does a report on a topic suggested by a listener. It is my <laughs> turn to take it in turn.
2: Oh, <laughs> God.
0: 113 goes. They've turned off. We cannot describe – a very basic concept. I, know.
2: I mean, they've probably read the description One of us as well. takes it in turn.
1: <laughs> we well, all take it in turn. Well, that's uh, it, both of those sentences are technically true. Okay, great. That's but all we want. We it needs are to friends. Be technically true. That's right. Exactly. This show technically true, but very hard to listen to.
0: <laughs> One person talks more than the others about a topic. And
1: it is my turn to talk the
0: most. Okay. I won't be stopped. That's our favorite, actually. Yeah.
1: Um, I've got the question here. This has been suggested. This is one of our um, final golden hat suggestions from our longtime Patreon supporter, James Roy.
2: Ah, Roy boy. We do like
1: Jams. Roy boy. Show Roy boy. You. He was
2: on the the live Patreon chat.
1: Yeah, we did that last week. What? Well, yeah. Which one was it? What was James up to?
2: Was he the one driving and delivering? Or was no, he...
0: that was Christopher.
2: Sorry, sorry, James. Sorry, Christopher.
0: James was in. Hmm. I don't know. Tassie? yeah. James Roy, no, I, I don't like
2: know. England,
0: yeah. James, no, just just
1: sue the show. All right, James, this one's for you. All right, I'll sue kind of... the
2: show. That's
0: all you said. Do the show. Do... <laughs> just sue the I'll
2: show. Say, Look, James, just sue the show <laughs> if it's an issue <laughs> that we don't okay.
0: remember. Okay. We've got upwards of ten listeners, James. I can't remember all of you. My God,
1: but we do love all of you equally. All ten.
0: No, ten percent each. There's one I love slightly more. Eleven yeah. percent.
1: That means that one's on maybe nine. Nine yeah. percent.
2: Who do you love a lot? Do no, you, you I'll imagine? never tell. It's safe isn't it? It is. Newer. I don't
0: know. <laughs> maybe. Maybe not. Who knows? I'll right. never tell. Busted.
1: I've got i I've got a question here about James Roy's topic. The question is: Which English missionary? Is arguably the most famous explorer of Africa.
0: Okay. You've <laughs> lost off. me because it's Sorry. history and geography. That's why just before
1: we hit record said, is this interesting? And I said, I'll find it interesting because I'm a history nerd and also a bit of a geography nerd. <laughs> yeah. So over to Matt.
2: If I asked you, or no, I'm going to make a statement here and and see if this is true. Dr. Jones, I presume. That's not quite right, is that it? That
1: is so close. Fuck.
2: Dr. Jones, the Aqua song. Dr. Jones,
1: Dr. Jones, Jones. I presume.
2: Dr. Dr. You know-
0: Jones, Dr. Jones, Dr. wake man. up now. I presume. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good thinking music for Matt. <laughs> it is Dr. Someone. Dr.
2: Shervington? No, it's something like that. That's
1: Matt getting Shervington. Have you ever heard the... All right, I'll just say it and I'll ask Jess if she's heard of it. Doctor Dr. Livingston, Livingston I, presume? I presume. Have you heard that quote, Jess?
0: Yeah, I just said it. <laughs> so have you
1: heard it before it came out of your mouth?
0: Yeah.
2: I'm pretty pretty sure I first heard that on Sesame Street.
0: Really? Yeah. Oh my
1: god, it's a high show.
0: Um, okay, Dr. Livingston.
1: You've you've heard have you heard of uh, English missionary and explorer, Dr. Livingston? No. Doctor David. Livingston. Okay,
0: now I understand why you like it.
1: Now, James Roy suggested Dr. Livingston and the quest for the source of the Nile.
2: I've actually just focused what on... What sauce
0: is it? Barbecue? Come on, chutney?
2: Chutney's not a sauce. Chutney.
0: Chutney? Um,
2: Wouldn't you call chutney a sauce? What do you call that?
0: What other sauces are there?
2: A salsa. I call it a relish. Oh, a oh relish. relish I, is a what
0: about name. a bit of peppermint sauce on your roast lamb? Oh,
2: Never had it. Don't want to go there. Pork chops and apple sauce. Ooh,
0: plum sauce. Sweet chilli and your spring rolls. Well, yum, we're going to find out what the source of
1: this damn Nile is. Or will we? Oh. As we discuss the life of David Livingston.
0: That was very dramatic. Thank you.
1: All right, shall we? She didn't mean it, a get into
0: it? Yeah, I was like, rein it in, mate. David
1: <laughs> Livingston.
0: No, that's. That's more dramatic now. You're writing it babe. out. I yeah.
1: got a compliment and I really ran with it there. Right no, again, I
0: need to clarify. It was not a compliment. <laughs> Look, I heard a compliment, Jess. Are you taking it back? Yes. Do, do well, you, yes, I'm taking it back. Do you have a crush on this topic? Is yeah, that, I've
1: got a crush on the topic. All right, well, let me give it to you. The topic will give it to you. Oh. David Livingston. <laughs> All right, actually, I'm going to preface this. He's Scottish, by the way, and David. I. David. I'm I'm worried about this because on the Planet Broadcasting <laughs> Great Mates, the Facebook group, you know, that um Levin's actually created Planet Broadcasting. Um, alumni. Po- alum, alumni, I like that. That's good. And um, there's there's lots of people in there now, and people post mainly about superhero comic book movies. And every time, every now and then, I should say, someone uh, mentions our podcast, and they pick on something I've said. <laughs>
0: Okay, mate.
1: And this was. They
0: also say a lot of really nice things and you're choosing to. They say some nice
1: things about you, Jess. They will not compliment me in that room. Oh, no, you're just asking for it. Asking for compliments. Yes, please. I'm a very fragile human. Anyway, so some Scottish people got annoyed because I uh, have been mispronouncing their their town names on the Burke and Hare episode set uh, around the.
2: Glasgow.
1: (laughs) Around Edinburgh. I said Falkirk, F-A-L-K-I-R-K. Falkirk,
2: Falkirk, oh, Falkirk.
1: Right. I'm so sorry.
0: Okay, well, I mean we have different accents. I
1: know. Yes, and I, but I uh, I'm about to talk about a, Sco- a very famous Scottish man, so I'm worried I'm going to fuck up a few more. So this is me apologising in advance. Uh, it, What's well, the equivalent of
2: well, you know when Melbourne people get annoyed Melbourne? when people say Melbourne? I fucking love it when people say no. Melbourne. No. Well, I mean you're just saying the same thing that you just said. They were saying that weren't saying.
0: Yeah. All right. Good point. But Melbourne sounds...
2: Dumb. I love it. I probably felt But it
0: also it's weird when like an American will correct themselves and say it properly and so then they everything else in their sentence is American and then they say Melbourne and you're like, okay, that does sound ridiculous coming from you. I appreciate the effort. Maybe just soften the born a little bit like Melbourne,
1: you know? It is great when someone's just absolutely going for it in a foreign language and then they stop and just say it's like oh my r- god, r- yes. McDonald's. Mm-hmm.
0: I remember one time being what out for dinner. What language is that? Uh, sexy. Uh, being out for dinner with my my ex boyfriend, and he was ordering. Um, so he's ordering at an Italian restaurant, and he did exactly that. And he was like, "Yeah," and then um, uh, for mains, I'll get the spinach and ricotta.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "No, no." I know left, you're
0: saying it properly.
2: You left it then and never saw him again. Oh yeah,
0: I just I got up. That, I that took was... my things. I left my napkin on the table. I said, "Excuse me." And I, we haven't spoken since.
2: I said, "Good day."
0: I sir. said, "Good day." And he was like, "I said, said, 'Ricorda.'" <laughs> I said, "Rivadut."
1: <laughs> no, mate, I'm saying goodbye. "Arrivadut." <laughs> <laughs> Look, mate, I'm just going to have to walk away.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't know you anymore.
1: Ciao, (laughs) Okay, so David Livingston was born in Blantyre Oh, you fucked it Lanarkshire, Scotland You fucked all
0: of it It's Scotland (laughs) Even that is wrong, isn't it?
2: Lanarkshire Oh
0: dear, you are not helping
2: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, everybody My surname's Stuart, a Scottish name No,
1: it's no Uh, It's not far from Glasgow for context here A few Mm. miles out uh, In the year 1813 Ugh, a good year We've done that for a while. Yeah. feels good. It's I, good to be back. When you say it, I I love it.
0: Okay. That's nice just, feedback, just I a, guess. Just
1: a note for the record. Right. Uh, he was one of seven children Too
0: born. Too many.
2: To... Um, Dave. Question Matt.
0: Do they know what's causing it?
1: <laughs> Thank you so much. It does feel good to be back. It really <laughs> does. He was Where one did a, you go? One of, uh, no, for us to be back in the room. Oh, And for you to say good year and Matt to follow it up with, do they know what's causing it? Sure. Uh, he was one of seven children born to Neil and Agnes.
0: Hmm. Uh, Neil worked. Na- Na- is <laughs> yeah. there?
1: The, what? Their, celebrity ben- couple name? Yeah, Benifer Nagnus. They're all here. <laughs> Brangelina. Do they ever work out? No. Damn. <laughs> Except for Posh and Bex. Pex. Oh,
0: yeah. That's good shit. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Uh, Neil, this is the father, worked in a cotton factory, and all uh, nine of the family lived in a single room at the top of a building used as a home for the cotton workers. The room measured just 14 by 12 feet or 3.5 by 4.2 metres.
0: How did nine people fit in that?
1: They were really poor.
0: I'm sorry, 3.5 by 2 metres?
2: 3.5 by 4.2. 4.2. Poor people are very good at fitting. Three and yeah, that's right. what I think I, is what Dave meant. I yeah. think
0: my bedroom might be a similar kind of size.
2: Poor people like Tetris blocks. They must yeah. just have
0: bunk beds. It's the only possible explanation. But they fit together. They
1: know their place. Which is together.
2: And when they create a perfect line, they decombust. Decombust.
1: Just how about they just sure. compu- combust? Combust. I'm <laughs> to save you here, Matt. They were so poor that at the age of just 10, he, uh, he too had to work in the cotton factory where he and his brother worked for between 12 and 14 hours a day.
0: No. No. This is what 10-year-olds should be doing for 12 to 14 hours a day. Playing The Sims. Okay. End of list.
2: And if. Look, uh, do you want me to take it up with Agnes? Because I can. If you wouldn't mind. Just likes it if they'll work either 10 hours or 15 hours. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Round it down or up. Depending on what mood I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> An academic young chap. Uh, on the weekend, he would undertake school with some of the other children who worked in the cotton mill. And they also do some schooling after their long, grueling days. Oh, fuck. That. Oh, that was
2: a real sweet little rhyme and verse. Thank you. Watch out for more of those coming soon.
0: I don't want more.
1: He was also a great reader. His name was not Peter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Matt was just taking a sip and it was not the best timing.
1: Factually, factually accurate. His name was not Peter. I would have mentioned that. It, didn't have, it had nothing to do with the rhyme. That was an accident. His smug face though, Right, eh? That was the best part. Uh, he was also a great reader. Not named Peter, but he also self uh, self-educated. Often propping up books in the factory where he he would he could work where he were wo- <laughs> Often propping up books in the factory where he worked, so he could read whilst performing his monotonous job of attaching cotton heads to the spinning machines. He read books on many subjects, as well as taking a keen interest in nature and the great outdoors. So I've got no idea when this guy slept. He's working 14 hours a day. He's going to school and he's going outside in the great outdoors.
0: Hey, when you've got ambitions, you don't need sleep. He does. One, one thing about
1: this guy, he's driven.
2: I like it. You said keen interest then. We had feedback recently from an American who said they only ever hear the word keen on this podcast. Is that something we say a lot? Yeah, keen for keen. Yeah, that was a hashtag I mean, we, was we used hashtag, like, oh, yeah. That was quite great. popular. But they, and then people were like commenting on it saying it, uh, someone said, if someone said I'm keen for something in a conversation where they live, People would be like, is it what do you like it or you dislike it?
0: Yeah, right. This is amazing.
2: Language is fun, isn't I'm it? Keen,
1: I'm keen to that. Fine, we'll go around and kill it. What do you want? Pull out a gun. It's their answer to everything. Who, Dave? C- unkeen people. <laughs> Got it. Uh, his father, this is David, was extremely religious, and so was he. He grew up a Calvinist, but when he reached the age of 18, he joined a much stricter discipline of Christianity.
2: Stricter than Calvin's? Twice as strict. I wonder what was the Malcolms. Twice as many Kelvins. The Gerald's. They're fucked. (laughs) (laughs) The Gerald's are fucked. Jezz's.
0: Geraldism.
2: Gerald's jism. Okay.
1: Uh, David worked at the cotton plant from the age of 10 to 26, but this hard monotonous work gave him the tenacity to work hard. Hang on. That's... 16 years. Okay, confirm. And this put him in good stead to achieve uh, great things in later
2: life.
0: Such as? Or are you alluding to something? You not could alluding. just
1: tell
2: us now. A little sizzle there. Yeah. Well, so Calum you're not
0: going to te- tell us. <laughs> sizzle. <laughs> you're just going to, you could just, you could just wrap it up there. Just tell us what it was and.
2: It'll save everyone a lot of time. Away
0: we go. But you're going to keep talking, aren't you? Look. We have a
2: quota of minutes to fill.
0: Do we? Yes. I've never signed a contract on There's that. There's a podcast law. No, there isn't. If it goes under an hour, we all die. That's... It's
1: like speed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if this podcast goes under 60 minutes, we're all dead.
0: Thank God Keanu Reeves is here.
1: Yeah. Oh, God, I love that movie.
0: Such a good movie. So good. Dennis Hopper, mm. best bad
1: guy ever. Such a
0: good bad guy. So good. Mm. Anyway...
1: Livingston had aspirations to work as a missionary, and an appeal for medically qualified missionaries in China made him set his sights on becoming a doctor. He put himself through uni at Glasgow by continuing to,
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. that didn't work. No.
1: by continuing to work in the mill, and he studied Greek, theology, and medicine for two years in said city, Glasgow.
0: Why do you need to know Greek? And what? For... In medicine. If
1: you're ever in Athens, you need to treat a patient. Oh, good point. Yeah, I hadn't thought about Great that. Great point. If Sorry you're holidaying that. in the islands. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. If someone, like, you know, has a heart attack on the Acropolis, you've got to know what to do. Yeah. You've got to know what to do.
2: Or um, some other Greek reference. I'm out. Souvlaki. Souvlaki. <laughs> if, you're if they're having a heart attack in Souvlaki, If someone, say, is standing on the top of the, one of those white buildings with the blue domes mm-hmm. near the beach in Santorini and they fall off, Onto an asthmatic fit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They fall onto an asthmatic fit? Yep. So there's two people involved now.
0: One's having an asthmatic fit. One has fallen from a great height. So
2: you really need to be able to speak the language.
1: Yeah. You need to be able to speak the Greek. Yeah.
2: Like I did just then. in the Greek.
0: Did you just say speaker to Greek?
2: Speaker the
1: Greek.
0: I hated that. Do you hate that? No, I fucking love it. Thank you.
2: It seems like she's trying to pretend she doesn't love you rhyming. But, I mean, it's pretty transparent what you're trying to
0: do, No, I'm just trying to be the bad boy of the pod. Bad boy, bad boy, what you going to do? (laughs) What you going to do? I'm the Aussie
1: bad boy. Um, So he's putting himself through uni. He's becoming a doctor. But his dreams of being a missionary in China were dashed when the first opium war broke out in China.
0: (sighs) That'd be a fun war. Yeah, imagine. Do you, do you know anything about
1: the Who can
2: do more? more? Is that what it was? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Who Line can do it
0: more opium?
1: It was, it was, they should have called it the Opium Olympics, really. Yeah, <laughs> I
0: reckon I could do more opium than you.
2: Oh, well, you've got yourself an opium wall.
0: All right, mate, let's fucking do it. <laughs> Light me
2: up. Don't bring a bloody knife to an opium fight. Bring opium.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was just going to use it to chop up the opium, but okay. BYO opium.
2: BYO opium. Oh, <laughs> yeah, fuck. I was going to say... <laughs>
1: What does the other O stand for? Own? <laughs> yes, I reckon, reckon it does. <laughs> bring your opium. No, but bring your opium. That's the same thing as saying bring your own opium. I'm not going to bring Steve's opium.
0: Why not? What if he needs a hand carrying it from the car?
1: Fair enough. Steve, meet you in
0: five. He's such a good Why friend, Dave. Why is Steve here? Well, is it
1: just for that? Don't give him a microphone. He's my opium dealer. Oh, dear. Uh, the first opium war, for those nerds playing at home like me, was uh, China versus Britain. <laughs> oh,
2: I reckon I know who came out on top. Basically, foreign powers. No was... no <laughs> 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 he looked at me, just looked at me like, oh, who? Do you? <laughs> no. No. Opium. You know those Brits. I don't even know what opium is, to be honest.
0: It's
1: like is a, it like heroin? It's like an earlier derivative, like an opioid. Oh, it's like an fruit.
2: opioid. Well, that clears everything it's just up.
1: similar to like heroin and extremely addictive, but you smoke it through an opium pipe.
2: Oh, an opium pipe. Now I get it. Thank you. Can you explain it to me more using the word opium?
1: Great. So opium
2: is bad. Okay. End of story. But in terms of opium, what is opium?
1: <laughs> That's like asking.
2: Is it opium bad? It's not opium bad, but it's not opium good. Okay. I think I get it now. Are we in the right realm? Yeah. The opium realm. To go on.
1: Um, basically, foreign powers are making lots of money by selling Indian opium to Chinese people. And a lot of Chinese people were getting addicted. So the then ruling dynasty of China tried to step in and stop the trade. And Britain, who was making heaps of cash from selling opium, didn't like that. So they had a war over it.
2: Right. Mm.
1: And then there was the second opium war. Never heard of the opium war. It was Brit- Britain and France versus China. Oh. But that is another story, another opium-based story. Okay. Phew. But that's not for now.
2: This story. That's our opium later. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's not for opium now. That's right for opium later.
1: Well, the following year in 1840, David Livingstone moved to London to continue his medical studies. So he's finally away London. from. London. He's finally away from the cotton mill.
0: Oh, all right. London. London.
1: Uh, So basically, he's free from the cotton mill. Finally, he's in London, and uh, whilst there, he met famous missionary and future father-in-law, Robert Moffat, who had spent a lot of time in Southern Africa. Moffat recognised Livingstone's abilities and convinced David that he um, that Africa would be a good place to go as a missionary instead of China, with an emphasis on the region north of the Kalahari Desert.
0: Hmm, I've heard of it. Please just
1: tell me whereabouts it is, Dave. We just don't have the time. Okay.
2: Oh, because you're gonna read out the exact coordinates. Yeah. yeah. just doesn't wanna patronise you, mate. You know a little you bit know of geography, but the Kalahari
0: but... Desert is mate, it's next to the...
2: You know where north of the Kalahari Desert is? It's
0: North. It's north of the There's the Kalahari Desert. Yeah, Slightly north, there we are. That's what our story
2: Pretty sure Egypt's I north guess. of the Kalahari. It's true. Yes. What
0: yep. As are other things. Name just places. one places?
1: Name one for me. Egypt. And? Pyramids. Cairo. Can't fault you there. Gyoza.
2: If you're eating it in Egypt. Egypt, okay.
1: (laughs) So he set his heart heart on Africa now. By the end of the year, he was ordained as a missionary, and by now he was also a qualified medical doctor. He set sail for South Africa and a few months later arrived at Cape Town in March 1841. The year
0: was 1841. (laughs) It still counts in the 1800s. It does. That's
1: right. That decade. W- oh, I can't wait for the 2040s. Oh it's
0: gonna man, gonna be good stuff. <gasps> Will we be alive? Well, you'll be in your 50s, so hopefully. Mm. <laughs> that's gonna be fun. All
1: right, so we've we've left Scotland now, which is good. No more Scottish names, but now many more African names, which, uh, which in many ways harder to suit. harder to pronounce. Okay. But we have a lot less African listeners to give a shit, so this is good stuff. <laughs>
2: And also, we have diplomatic immunity.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That'll get him back on side. (laughs) Uh, He arrived in um, northern South Africa at a place called Kuruman in 1841. Now 28 years old, Livingston met his mentor, Robert Moffat, and he also met Moffat's eldest daughter, Mary.
0: Mary Moffat.
2: Boom. Yeah. Yeah. Sat on her toffet. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Mary Moffat. <laughs> Mary Moffat. Did they not think about names when they back then? Well, you have you so know, many kids, you don't have time. By Mary the time Moff- you name oh, one, Mary. By the time you name one, you've, your wife's had two more. Well, my dad is the youngest of eight, and his name is John, as you know. You've met my dad. But he also has a sister who has like the female version of his name. Wow. So there's a John and a Joan. Oh, I thought it was going to be Jonathan. That's not, that's just silly, Dave. (laughs) Okay, right. So Jess
1: has decided there's no more silliness on this episode.
0: When have I ever participated in silliness?
2: Jess doesn't do silly, Dave. I
0: am the serious one. That's why we love you. You what? You keep us on track. She says no
2: word. Is that the first time he's ever said it?
0: On the record. I make you boys yell it at me as we leave. Every time.
1: Look in my eyes. (laughs) Say it. (laughs) Yell it. <laughs> Ye- yell it in my eyes. <laughs> Why into your eye? It helps.
0: Anyway, sorry, do go on. More silliness.
1: Um, so David and Mary Moffat would yeah. ultimately fall in love and get married. So now she's Mary Livingston's. So that'd be better. That's better. Uh and they would set up their own mission station. So she was also born in Africa. Oh. To her English father. So She was an English citizen, but she was born in Africa and spent a lot of her life growing up there. So she was also um, on the same page as him in wanting to explore and be a missionary. Awesome. Spread the gospel. I
2: have not heard the word missionary this much since like year nine sex ed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And even then they just called it normal style.
1: Normal style. Okay. So you're doing it. Normal style. You're there.
0: They're there. It's normal. It's normal. Nothing weird. I still call it normal style. I don't fully understand how you can do it any other way, to be honest. Do you want to be abnormal? Uh, Let's do it abnormal style. No, thank you,
1: (laughs) sir. That's what I say. Being a missionary in Africa wasn't easy. The nomadic nature of the people that were trying to convert or convert (laughs) because we fight about words too much on this show. Uh,
2: you're getting a lot of support for Cartilage Online over the last few weeks.
1: I know. What a surprise that the people of Queensland were wrong. <laughs> hmm.
2: What a surprise. <laughs> no, I'm with you, Queensland.
1: Yeah, that was great. Everyone in Brisbane. Most fun live show we've done yet, I reckon. Just going to say that.
2: I don't pick favourites.
1: I do. And I also
2: love them all. There was that. I mean, that that rant that Jess did that time was pretty great. Oh, that was in Melbourne.
0: Against a certain Irwin. Well, that was Jess's. That was your highlight. That was some of my best work. If I was we, just speaking from the heart. If
2: this show had a show reel,
1: it would just be that. Well. And it does have a show reel, and that's why we are yet to sign to any major record labels or mm. do any films, mm. because they think we hate a certain Irwin. Don't want to get it going. So anyway, the nomadic nature of the African people they're trying to convert meant they were always on the move and often uh, hard to track down to preach to. David decided that there needed to be more amongst the action, and he moved the station 200 miles north to a very isolated place, perhaps best described as one, of the mo- remote, as one of the most remote places on earth at the time. Wow. It was cut off from the south by the Kalahari Desert, which was uncrossable for most of the year because it's so, so hot. But Livingston didn't care about contact with the outside world. He wanted to get in contact with the locals so he could preach the word of God. Cool. Uh, there were supposedly more Africans to be found in this region, and this suited his purpose of spreading the gospel through quote native agents. So he figured if he could convert some locals, they would preach the gospel to other locals. Yeah, sure. Classic, game. It's, he, basically... Classic
2: Egypt. Are we in Egypt? Because no. we're north of the Kalahari.
0: Pyramids. Not, I get it. Not... <laughs> I was like, I oh, do so you meant. Okay. I get it.
2: Oh, um, sorry, I don't get it. The joke's too dumb. <laughs> It's actually only get, below my.
0: I only get very sophisticated <laughs> jokes. So I didn't really get what you were doing there. I, I mean, a, I get I, it now. I got a lift.
2: You had to lower your brain. I get Literally it
0: now, but it's still not
2: that. Lower it onto the desk. Funny. Hitting your head. <laughs> oh, I get it now.
1: Lower it onto the desk. Missionary style. Uh, there was one problem with being isolated, though. It meant that it was very difficult to get supplies either in or out. So in order to establish a mission. What <laughs> are you laughing at? In or out.
2: <laughs> that joke was over my head.
0: <laughs> I
1: mean, this coming from the serious member of the podcast. We'll, we'll
0: talk of missionary and then you say in and out. Let's...
2: It was very good day. Right. Did, did you write that for the lols? Yeah.
1: And I also wrote this. Uh, there was one problem with being in that isolated, though. It meant it was very difficult to have sex with the supplies. <laughs> you couldn't get them in or out of their butts.
0: Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I draw weird lines. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah you really turn on t- 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 me there. In order to properly establish a missionary station or a mission station, <laughs> I'm just saying missionary so much I can't get out a of it. Missionary station. A mission station, station at Yanti. Uh, uh, Livingston quickly realized he would need to find a supply route from either the east coast. <laughs> <laughs> or route, uh, route means bang for anyone overseas. So. Yeah, it means bang. Right. Bang's the way.
2: That's the way you translate it.
1: Every country's got a bang.
2: Route uh, means bone. But,
1: sorry, sorry. Everyone's got a bone. Who needed to fly? Find a supply bone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> made me laugh. Supply route from either the East Coast or the West Coast that would be accessible all year round. And this is how a legendary explorer was born.
2: Someone was born that Who was day. it?
1: David Livingston.
0: Never heard of him.
1: You presume. <laughs> uh, by the summer of 1842, he had already gone uh, farther north than any other European. In- farther
0: north? Is that what he called his father-in-law?
2: That's what he called it, Father Christmas.
0: Farther
1: north. <laughs> Uh, By the summer of 1842, he'd already gone farther north than any other European in the difficult Kalahari Desert, which is pretty impressive already. So as a missionary, he didn't even mean to be an explorer at this time, and he's already gone somewhere where no European's ever gone before. He had familiarized himself with the local languages and the cultures. This would set him apart from others and also aid his exploration as he was able to communicate with the locals. He was a gifted linguist. He was also a very brave man, and this was on show when in 1844 he was mauled by a lion when trying to defend a local (laughs) village's (laughs) livestock.
0: What? I know. He was mauled
1: by a lion. Yeah. His left arm was severely injured and he could never again support the barrel of a gun steadily with his left hand and thus was obliged to fire from his left shoulder and take aim with his left eye.
2: That is is tragic. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Losing.
1: It's a common side effect from a lion attack.
0: Losing. Some of the function in your left hand is my personal nightmare. If that, honestly, if that happened to you, Jess, you'd be stuffed. I'd be completely stuffed. How would you fire a gun? I don't know, Dave, and I don't want to think about that.
2: That is a true living nightmare.
0: That is an absolute tragedy.
2: I imagine that if I hear mauled by a lion, I think. Game over. Yeah, I think game over for shooting with your right eye. (laughs) Minimum. (laughs) No, I think, yeah, you're probably dead. It's a one-eye minimum. Like a, what, yeah. I what mean, I don't understand how either he didn't get very mauled at all.
0: I'm going to bit mauled.
2: How do you get a bit mauled?
0: The lion got bored.
2: Right. Maybe it wasn't a, yeah, it was just a playing, playful lion. Yeah. It tasted
0: like, well, what
1: I haven't said here was actually a lion cub and he easily beat it to death with his own fists, so.
2: Right. Well, that does, I mean, I would have left that in. Is that, that true?
1: In. That is absolutely untrue. <laughs> It was a fully grown lion, and somehow he fought it off. Probably
2: shot it.
0: Just do what Mick Fanning did and just sh- sh- punch it in the mouth and the nose.
2: Remember when Mick Fanning was surfing and a lion was swimming around him? Yeah. <laughs> that was
0: impressive. Remember?
2: And we all felt remember? sorry for Mick. Remember that episode of The Simpsons where it was like the the I was going to say Rodney Dangerfield, but what's the the um jumping? Mr Burns' son? No, yeah, but not um the Larry Axel Evil. <laughs> Evil Knievel sort of character was gonna oh, jump yeah. over the, and they go it's infested with sharks. Is it Lance in, Murdoch? Lance Murdoch was jumping over the pool.
1: Yeah, got infested all, with elect- sharks electric eels. and electric eels,
2: <laughs> and a real life lion. <laughs> they push the <a> lion
1: <laughs> in and just get savaged.
2: <laughs> I think the lion starts just swimming in a whirlpool. Sort of anyway, it was a very funny, wow. very old Simpsons reference that I just enjoyed, and now you two can.
1: I also love that um, Troy McClure educational video about the food chain and it's a gorilla reaching for a bunch of bananas and it falls (laughs) and then a shark just comes up and eats a gorilla.
0: (laughs) Oh, good times. Jess, what's your favourite memory of this? Nature. That's just nature. That's just nature, Dave. I love nature.
1: So he survived a lion attack. He's a great man. He's a tough man. Give him that, Jess.
0: Stop trying to convince me. I already think he's amazing. Right
1: in January 1845, after surviving the lion attack, this is when he marries Mary Moffat.
0: Because he's got a new perspective now.
2: He marries Mary Moffat. Yeah.
0: You know, once you've survived a lion attack, it gives you a whole new perspective. And you're just like, you know what? Life's short. I'm going to grab the lion by the testes. Well, that's, Figuratively. This is how he survived the attack.
2: And straight, literally. straight
0: for the testes. Mary Moffat.
2: Marry Mary Moffat.
1: Uh, She accompanied him on uh, many of his early journeys. They had four children together, and when they started to grow up, it was decided that Mary and the children would return to England for safety and to go to school. Sure, okay. Uh, It's a good thing that he found a passion for exploring because from all accounts, uh, Dave was not a great missionary. In fact, despite, (laughs) despite the decades that he spent in Africa, he only ever converted one man to Christianity.
2: And that was accidental. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, that was confusion. He thought Language he, barrier. He thought he was buying a happy meal, but he uh, no, he was converted to Christianity, and that man did a lot of good stuff.
0: <laughs> well, he did. That do man that. was Jesus Christ. <laughs> he converted <laughs> Jesus. <laughs>
1: Well, he it, it, it did, didn't do a lot of great stuff because in 1849, after two <laughs> years of patient persuasion, this is how long it took him to convince one dude, two years, he converted Chief Sashele, who was very dubious after only having one wife as opposed to the many that he was used to in his culture. He didn't really understand why he would choose, choose to do that. But he went along with it for, for a few months and then he uh, lapsed and went back to his many, many wives.
2: Lapsed, Christian. Been there, done that.
1: So, um Many wives. And they have many, many wives.
0: Have you had many, many wives? How many wives do you have, Matt?
2: Well, I keep out living them, you know, (laughs) over the centuries. Uh. It's really sad to see them come and go.
0: Are you
1: some sort of vampire? Is that what you are?
2: I guess so. I don't know. I haven't really figured out what I'm meant to be. Meant to be? I mean what I am. Hmm. Hmm.
1: You is what you is. (laughs) That was
0: a confusing sentence.
1: Uh, In the same year, 1849, Livingston was recognised with a medal from the British Royal Geographical Society, for being part of an expedition that led the men to be the first Europeans to see Lake Ngambi in northern Botswana. This was the beginning of his lifelong association with the society, which continued to encourage his ambitions as an explorer. Livingston's family, now back in Scotland, and he believed it was his mission to stay in Africa to push Christianity, commerce, and civilization the trinity that he believed was destined to open up Africa, uh, the frontiers of South Africa, and uh, open up the heart of the continent something that no European had yet done.
2: I sound like this guy's not that good. Just leave Africa alone, man.
1: His big hope, I'll let you judge the man as we go through the rest of his life, but he was, his big hope was to open up Africa for missionaries by mapping and navigating its rivers, which he thought might become highways into the interior. He's big into rivers and lakes, as we'll discover later. He's he, big into them.
2: So he's, a, he's thinking, you know, we've got it so good in Scotland with all our great stuff, we want Africa to have such good things. Look at them. They don't even have any castles or locks or, you know, snow in the summer. Or iron brew. Or iron brew or kilts. Let's... Give them kilts. Give them kilts, number one. Number two, iron brew. As, you know, Jess often says that. I've heard you say that a few times. Number two, iron brew. (laughs) All the time, yeah. Number three.
0: (laughs) Sounds
1: like a horrible way to describe your number two.
2: Number three, call small people wee. Uh,
0: (laughs) Small anything wee.
2: Good point. Very Not just people. That's a very good point. Small pieces of wee.
0: Wee cup of tea. Wee cup of tea. Mm, That can get
2: very
1: confusing if they're not used to your culture.
2: (laughs) How so? I'm having a refreshing wee cup of tea. (laughs) Yeah. Are
1: you enjoying your wee cup of tea? (laughs) (laughs) What?
0: I brew it with my piss. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what iron brew is. Interesting.
2: The biggest selling different, drink. Different cultures
0: Scotland. are so interesting.
1: Yeah,
2: fascinating. When mm. I stayed at a, the first place I stayed had in Scotland had complimentary iron brew in the fridge.
1: That's a, a complimentary. Yeah. They, they treated it as like a, a form of orange juice, which I enjoy. The health drink of a nation. What? And that's what they wanted Africa to be like.
0: What is Iron brew. Oh, have you never had Iron Brew? I don't think I have. It's that
1: bright orange, uh, f- like fizzy soft drink.
0: Ah. Oh. Is it like Lucozade here? Yeah,
2: it's something like Lucozade. It's, to think.
1: me, it tastes, it's very, very sweet. It's kind of like a creamy soda taste.
0: Ah.
1: But it's like more popular than Coca-Cola over Why there. Why
0: is it called Iron Brew, though?
1: I-R-N-B-R-U, Iron Brew. I yeah,
2: like that it. answers the question. Why is it called Iron Brew? But again, why is it called Iron Brew? I R N B R U. Why is it called Coca Cola?
1: Did you just ask why is it called Coca Cola? Because I did a whole
0: fucking episode about that
1: and you didn't even listen. That was
0: a long time ago.
2: Uh, Coke is for uh, Gary Coke, who co invented it with Gary Cola. <laughs> Thank and of you. course, Gary A played a little role, so he got squeezed in between. Thank you. That is. I'm glad
1: someone was listening. Jess? Sorry. Go back and listen. All right. It may have been when you're – no, you're not ranting about Bindi, but you probably brought her up that episode. Brought her up.
3: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This
2: podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online.
0: Uh,
1: anyway, back to David Livingston. He wants to open up the interior of South Africa or Southern Africa to give him Iron Brew, and he famously said of his mission, I shall open up a path into the interior or perish. Oh, wow. Perish. Perish. He probably spoke like that, like Sean Connery. <laughs> uh, the qualities and approaches which gave Livingston an advantage as an explorer was that he uh, he usually travelled lightly and he had an ability to reassure chiefs that he was not a threat. This was in stark comparison to many other expeditions of the time, which had dozens of armed soldiers and hired help carrying supplies. These expeditions often scared locals and uh, were mistaken as military incursions or slave raiding parties. So they weren't welcome with open arms. But David, because he was able to talk to them and explain. He could also
2: show that I can't even shoot with my left eye. (laughs) Check this out. Don't worry about it. Harmless.
1: I'm not a threat. I fought a lion and I kind of won.
0: Well, I mean, you're alive.
1: Is that is that what winning is? Yeah.
0: That's what I winning reckon. is. Okay. Remaining alive. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to call that a win.
2: The meaning of life is to remain alive. Yeah. Yeah. That's why Hillary Clinton won the US election this year, in a way. In a way. She bloody lived through it. She's still alive, isn't she? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yes, yes, yes. At the time of recording. Donald Trump also won. He's remained alive, too. Still alive. Also at the time of recording.
1: Livingston had a much simpler approach to travel and only had a few servants and bartered and collected his supplies along the way. I say servants, he's paying these people. He is paying these people. He's very anti-slavery, which we'll get to. He preached a Christian message but did not force it on unwilling ears. He understood the ways of local chiefs and successfully negotiated passage through their territory and was often hospitably received and aided. In November 1853, Livingston set out... North westward with little equipment and only a small party of Africans to travel with him.
2: You're laughing at the image of a party.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you just get me. Just a small party.
2: Yeah, it just drinks. <laughs> kind of pre-drinks. <laughs>
1: small yeah. party. That's what you tell your mum when you're. It's, a, ga-
2: it's a gathering. It's a I wouldn't even mom. call it a party. It's a no. gathering.
1: Suddenly, two hundred people rock up and they're kicking holes in your mum's bedroom wall. Dave. Dave, did this
2: happen?
0: Oh no. David. Mum. You don't. There's no way 200 people would have turned up to your party.
2: <laughs> no way you knew 200 people.
0: There's no way. I don't reckon you could have got 20.
2: Once when I was. That is fucking. True. Okay.
0: <laughs> I was very popular Thank you very much.
1: I were once, you? Uh, were you popular?
2: was in a band yeah, with seven other people, a ska band.
0: Yeah, okay. So you invite the band and you're halfway there. And all their groupies. Then they bring a friend each. They're one, not, one they're of not one. there for you, Dave they're not fucking there for me no they're not
2: <laughs> out of my watch
1: um anyway so he set he set out north northwest little equipment his hope was to find a route to the atlantic <laughs> coast on the west of africa we're all looking for a bloody route so he wanted to get to the ocean in the west of africa <laughs> He hoped uh, that this could open up Africa to commercial activities that would undercut the slave trading that was still rampant during this time period. So slavery is illegal in England, but people are still, uh, especially Arabic slave traders are raiding Africa and enslaving people, selling them. So it's a horrible time for, for Africans. His hope that he could create new commercial activity that would be more valuable than selling slaves so people stop selling slaves. Right. He also found, uh, also hoped to find a way to safely reach the Makolo people who he hoped would be good for missionary work.
2: And by that, uh, you mean normal work or?
0: Yeah, like, normal like, work.
2: Are we talking sex work? <laughs> no, I mean he was hoping that he could preach the, the good word of God to
1: them and that they'd become Christian. Right.
0: Yeah, okay. It's quite confusing with the two meanings of missionary there, isn't it? It's very difficult.
1: All right, unless I wink, it's the non-sex one. Okay, (laughs) that is a good system.
0: Oh, he's winking. Oh, Oh. no, I'm in a permanent wink. Is that how you wink, Dave?
1: I'm a terrible winker. I'm sure this has come up before.
2: No? no, Yeah, his eyes are very weak.
0: Matt, give us a wink. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I hated it, It but it was very good. You asked for it. I did. Dave Try to. Oh, you're so, you're not subtle at all. Oh, you just look like you're having some sort of spasm.
1: (laughs) It's bad. I don't control my eyes well. I don't sleep with my eyes shut. There's something wrong. Okay. Call the police. (laughs) I can't control my eyes. (laughs) After six months of gruelling travel, Livingston reached Luanda, which is now the capital of Angola, in May 1834. I calculated his journey on Google Maps and he had travelled over 2,000 kilometres or 1,200 miles. This is through uncharted territory, through the desert, through the rainforest, through water. It was was gruelling. He needed time to re- recuperate because it was so bad for his body. But after three months, he started his return trip, which on the on the way back took almost twelve months, so twice as long. But that wasn't enough for him, and he continued westward. And on May twenty eighteen fifty six, he reached uh, a place in Mozambique on the Indian Ocean, meaning he was one of the first Westerners to travel from one side of Africa all the way to the other. So he's ticking off stuff left, right, and center. What's he ticking? Achievements, fuck yeah, it's amazing. Uh, but one of his most famous personal discoveries was made in the last. And I say personal discovery because all these things were obviously discovered by he.
2: The, he discovered within himself. Yep, the ability to yodel.
0: Wow, you don't, give us an
1: example. The man of a thousand noises, <laughs> noise one eight nine yodeling.
2: yodeling.
1: That was, that was like Johnny Cash Yodeling. That was awesome.
2: That was amazing. Picture Johnny Cash Yodeling. What's the word that comes to mind? Awesome. Awesome. Agreed. Pro- drunk? Drunk. Um, is he okay? Is he hitting the is gear okay? again?
1: Probably. <laughs> anyway, I'm trying to say, one of his most famous personal discoveries because
2: oh, the other one.
1: Yeah. And I say personal discovery because all these things had been discovered by the first peoples, the African people. <laughs> A long time beforehand,
2: Jess is jiggling.
1: <laughs> She's jiggling.
0: <laughs> oh, but there was no wink. So it wasn't weird jiggling. It was just laughter <laughs> at Matt's
1: yodeling. I mean, the wink system is going to be very difficult for
2: those at home.
0: <laughs> they'll know.
2: Well, they'll just they'll feel know. it. You can hear it in the voice. Hear that? <laughs> oh, you probably did. I, <laughs> I spoke gross then. Do you hear that? that. that. (laughs) 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 Yeah, she's winking. (laughs) Uh,
1: We've made it worse somehow. (laughs) For the third time, one of his most famous personal discoveries was made on the last leg of his
0: journey when uh, he saw what the locals called mindfulness meditation. Mm. (laughs) And the thing about mindful meditation is it's about (laughs) practicing every day, three minutes, that's all you need. Uh, and
2: he saw this.
0: <laughs> he discovered it personally. All right, lucky number four.
2: Wow, that's big though. Mindfulness and yodeling, and that was all in the same period. Well,
1: for the Holy Trinity, this is the third discovery. This wow. is a bit more. This is a bit more tangi- tangible. Oh,
0: that's
2: interesting. More tangible than a yodel or mindfulness. What's more tangible than mindfulness? Yodeling. I would have thought mindfulness. Is tangibility personified in a human form somehow.
1: <laughs> he saw what the locals called, in their own languages, the smoke that thunders.
2: That's mindful. Was it a
0: cloud? <laughs> he discovered a cloud. Smoke that thunders.
1: Yeah, that's a cloud. It's a cloud. It comes from a cloud. He it sailed down more
0: poetic in their language.
1: He sailed better. down the Zambezi River and could and could see and hear the smoke and thunder from miles away. You could see columns of spray rising to the sky. And he was the first European person to see what is now world famous Victoria Falls.
0: Oh.
1: That he named after Queen Victoria.
0: He named it. Mm, he named it the Victoria Falls. That's cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. This, is, this is a very important man. Uh, Livingston's men sailed his canoe to one of the small islands right up to the, to the lip of the falls. I knew Jess was going to laugh at that.
2: <laughs> oh, the lip. Dave, you did wink. What did you expect?
1: It seemed as if they were going to go right over the edge. <laughs> Livington felt distinctly uneasy, but recorded in his journal that, quote, I said nothing, believing I could face a difficulty as well as my guides. Pretty much, he trusted them. Luckily, he didn't go over the edge of the Victoria Falls, but he did lie, lie on his stomach and he stared into the abyss that is uh, the falls, and they are, for scale, for overseas people, twice the size of Niagara Falls.
2: Whoa. So really... I've never seen Niagara Falls, but I, I assume they're big.
0: But he's been to a pub just around the corner from <laughs> it.
2: Yeah. Saw so the Niagara Falls play the... I've been to the Ni- Niagara Falls Inn. Sure. <laughs> just didn't look out the window, which overlooks the falls themselves. Why mm. would I? They Why had, would you? I had a beautiful beer on tap. Yeah. A beautiful range of beers.
0: Craft mm-hmm. the... beers. Yeah, the
2: only fall I want to see... Is that beer falling into my mouth? Mm -hmm. You know
1: what I mean. Ah, so you drink from a height. Yeah,
2: laybacks. I only drink in laybacks, on a banana lounge. I mean, you haven't seen me drink.
1: No, that's living. (sighs) That is
2: living. You've poured it into my face a few times.
1: Yeah, but I'd had so many banana lounges myself. I can't remember. Yeah, fair call. He cut his initials and the date in the bark of a tree on the island. He later described this as the only time I have been guilty of this act of vandalism. I mean. It's fine. Uh, He described Victoria Falls in his 1858 book. No one can imagine the beauty of the view from anything witnessed in England. It had never been seen before by European eyes, but seen so lovely must have been gazed upon by
0: angels in their flight. All right, mate. Calm your farm. It's a waterfall.
2: It's, it's literally water falling.
0: Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It sure,
2: I mean, sure, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's, it's, sure, it's maybe the most beautiful thing you'll ever see.
0: Sure, it seems heavenly.
2: Sure, angels would gaze at it. But, but come, come on.
0: on. It's legit one of my dreams
2: to go there. Well, wake up, mate. Wake up to yourself.
1: Oh, I don't want to wake up. How am I going to fucking dream if I go there? Good point. Thank you. Uh, David returned to England on uh, December 9th, eighteen fifty-six, and now he was a national hero. News uh, about him during the previous three years had stirred the imagination of English-speaking people everywhere to an unprecedented degree. Ooh. He recounted his explorations in the book "Missionary Travels <laughs> and Researches in South Africa," which was
2: subtitled pub- "Getting Around Fucking."
1: <laughs> it was published in eighteen fifty-seven.
2: Fucking, that you know, two subtitles.
1: It was published in 1857 and sold 70,000 copies. At the time, this was a huge hit. His family had been living in poverty while he was away, and this sudden increase in wealth meant that he could now adequately provide for them. So
2: things are looking up. So he was gallivanting around the world with a couple of servants. All back home, his family were living in poverty. This is your hero, Dave. He was spreading the word of God. There goes my hero. Oh, it's
1: <laughs> just me holding copies of his journal. Yeah. And hugging them.
0: Is that why you named yourself David? Yeah. I got to name myself.
1: Cool. Until the age of four, I was... Jethro.
0: <laughs> right. Jethro
2: Warnicky That was a great man. You fucked up. You
1: fucked up. It's good stuff. After touring Britain for six months for speaking engagements, which made him even more money, Livingston eyed off his next adventure. He was encouraged by the response in Britain to his discoveries and he now had monetary support for future expeditions flowing in. As a result, he resigned from the London Missionary Society in 1857 and dedicated his life to doggy style. I mean exploration.
0: (laughs) Yeah, doggy style is pretty. Exciting. Explorative. (laughs)
2: Whoa. Whoa. Imagine.
0: they only four, only very out there people do that one. I'm
1: not allowed to imagine.
0: Oh, I don't want to. Oh, I'm getting all clammy hand <laughs> just thinking about it. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, no, thank you.
1: Uh, the British government and the Royal Geographical Society agreed to fund Livingston's next adventure, and he became leader of the second Zambezi expedition. The Zambezi is the river that flows into Victoria Falls, and the aim of the mission was to navigate the Zambezi from the coast upstream back down to the falls and examine the natural resources of southeastern Africa and open up the river. The
0: second Zambezi?
1: So the first one didn't go well.
0: We should call them two (laughs) Beezies. I've been thinking that the whole time. I didn't listen to the rest of the sentence.
2: Did they call them two Beezies, Dave? (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> they didn't, and they, but they've regretted that for the rest of their You're lives. Too beasies. And then their little, on their flag, <laughs> said, too easy.
2: <laughs> too busy, Too easy.
0: Oh, it's good stuff. <laughs> uh, the British
1: government wanted to ascertain the economic potential of the area and suss out the possibility of establishing an English colony in Central Africa. This time, the expedition was infinitely better organized than Livingston's previous almost solo journeys. It had a paddle steamer, <gasps> impressive supplies, ten African men, six European men, including his brother Charles and an Edinburgh doctor, John Kirk, to aid him.
2: From, I wonder if he's from Falkirk.
1: Dr. John Falkirk. But it didn't go so well, and it turned out that Livingston wasn't that great of a leader. Oh. He was probably better suited uh, going solo and making it up as he went along. Quarrels broke out amongst his party. Some men went home, some got sick, some died, uh, and it it proved impossible to navigate the Zambezi by ship. Although all of his earlier success had resulted from listening to local knowledge of the people he encountered, he chose to blindly ignore all those who told him that he couldn't pass an area known as the kibora Bassa Rapids. So basically these Kibora pass... It's these rapids that you can't get a ship up and he tries anyway and it sort of fucks up the ship and they keep trying and keep trying.
2: can't get a ship up or ship out. (laughs) Well, that's
1: what he kept saying. I can't get a ship up or a ship out. Uh, The expedition was predicted to take about two years, but it ended up taking over six. Oh, no. Most of that time was spent along the final 250 miles of the Zambezi. Livingston refused to give up and the journey was extremely expensive. So they just kept throwing money at it and it just was not helping.
0: Oh, no. Dr. Money helps every
1: problem, though. Well, that's my motto. <laughs> Dr. John Kirk, the expedition's medical officer and botanist, wrote of Livingston in his diary, which I love when people have diaries that bag out their leader. Like, what if they read it? Mm. Yeah. He wrote, I can, I can come to no other conclusion that Dr. L, Livingston, is out of his mind. His head is not of the ordinary construction, but what is termed cracked. Oh, wow. Bloody hell. That's a solid burn.
2: That is rock solid. Cracked him. Uh, David's
1: wife, Mary, was determined to join him back in Africa, but sadly she caught malaria on the Zambezi River and she died. Oh, no. His elder son, Robert, who was also supposed to join his father in 1863, never reached him and went instead to the United States where he died fighting for the North in the Civil War, December 1864. So, it's not been a good year.
0: No. I so, if I say 1864,
1: say don't say a good year. Okay. 1864, I'll remember that out of respect.
2: Lock it off. We're retiring that number. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, the expedition did lead them to be the first Europeans to find Lake Malawi, also known as Lake Nyasa, which is the ninth largest lake in the world, which is home to more species of fish than any other lake.
0: That's pretty cool.
1: Bonus fun fact: seven hundred species of fish.
0: I love a sneaky fun fact in there, Dave. Seven, thats a
1: lot of
2: species of fish. Yeah, a now, lot, and
0: a lot of them are only found there.
2: Great, and I hope it's not one of those bullshit ones where it's like we've got the, the pink blue, jetta oh, right, eel. All right, they're like slightly and then the different. Pink, aqua, jetta eel.
1: And we got the male pink blue <laughs> aqua jetta eel.
2: Thanks for going with the jetta eel like that. Could be a thing.
1: I hope it is. Okay.
2: Fuck, I hope it is so bad. Uh, Never hope something's real so bad. What? (laughs) Eels types of fish. Imagine (laughs) they were, that'd be fucking sick.
1: (laughs) This lake is home to over 700 species of eel.
2: That'd be a real fucked lake.
0: What a nightmare.
1: Speaking of nightmare, I don't want to bring bring it down here, but I will. Livingston also discovered that the area he was exploring had been rocked in the bad sense. Oh, I uh, thought you two had travelled through. I was going to say Robbie Williams. <laughs> <laughs> Both extremely cool current references.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're pretty cool in
1: current. Uh, any 15-year-olds those... listening? Yes, we are cool.
2: Dave, How dare you? I guess what you're saying there is somehow that you two... And Robbie Williams aren't cool current references? Uh, if you Is listen back,
1: I was saying that they are cool current
2: references. Okay, great. Cool, we're all on the same page. Yeah, that's great. Page.
1: We are very cool. God,
0: we're so simpatico. Now, yeah. let
1: me entertain you with the rest mm. of this report.
2: Uh, let's get Dave. a little elevation.
1: Thank you. I loved that reference. In this report, love has no name. <laughs> Is that a song where love has no name? The streets. <laughs> well, this street... <laughs> fuck. Can't come back. I'm so sorry. Can we, I'll probably just edit it back and I'll be just the Robin Robin Williams reference, Robbie Williams. I'm <laughs> <laughs> so cool.
0: You are digging so much deeper. So cool. Just get on with the report. Maybe. All
1: right. Now this report has a bit of a rude box coming up. <laughs> <laughs> obscure Robbie Williams song that did not do well from his album also called <laughs> rude, rude, rude Box. He's, it's, listen to it. You'll love it.
2: You know, uh, Paul McCartney had an album called, I saw Paul McCartney last night. You know, he had an album called Kisses on the Bottom. No, an
1: album. Did you play the whole el- And now,
2: time to play <laughs> yeah. Kisses on cover the Bottom. Cover to cover. <laughs> he, did, he played a track off it. He didn't mention the name. I think it copped out of flack like, at the time. It was, from a, it was mainly a covers album and it was from a Fats Waller song lyric, the first track on the album, which is fine that it's got a reason, but still, why are you choosing that lyric? Kisses on the Bottom. Everything about that is so... Cool. Sexy.
1: <laughs> All right, back to the rocking, and it, the area had been rocked. Oh no! By human slavery, dead, bloated bodies floated downstream and became entangled in the paddle wheels of the paddle steamer. Oh. And one week he counted nineteen.
2: Oh! Why'd you let us talk about Robbie Williams so Fuck. long? Well, I can't cut you
1: off and be like, "Look, guys." It's not the time to talk about our idol, Robbie Williams. Uh, his expedition traveled on the shore until uh, they over, they uh, they found burned villages littered with skeletons and decimated, starving people, and they refused to go any further. It w- this was Livingstone's first contact with large scale human slavery, and it was to set the course for the rest of his life. So it really upset him. Uh, the British government recalled the very expensive mission in eighteen sixty three. Livingston, however, didn't immediately return home. He instead took his small vessel, the Lady Nyassa, with a small untrained crew and little fuel on a hazardous journey of 2,500 miles or 4,000 kilometres across the Indian Ocean and left it for sale in Bombay in India. It's just a little side mission.
0: He can't be tamed. Lady Nyassa. It's a good name. If there's anybody out there who is currently doing a bit of a fixer-up project on a boat. And you can't quite think of a name.
1: The Feel Jess free. Perkins.
0: Oh, okay, I was going to go to Lady Jess, Lady Jessica.
1: That's good. The Lady Jessica's nice. Thank you. I mean, it doesn't in any way describe you, but
2: I just like—I like it. Brutal. I like just—I like um, non-humans having human names.
0: Oh, I love like yeah, dog. like Gary
2: Indiana, a place.
0: Sure. Okay.
2: Or a dog called Seymour. Greg or Seymour. Or a boat called Jess Perkins.
0: Yeah, it's good stuff.
2: <laughs> all aboard the Jess there.
0: Perkins. <laughs> boop, boop,
2: oh, no. It's got a real cackling horn. Oh, no. That was my attempt at it. <laughs>
0: that's <laughs> not what I sound like at all. Really? You 113 don't... episodes. And you don't sound like. You think I sound like. <laughs> <laughs> you think that's what I sound like.
2: You just, I mean, you just sounded like that.
0: Mm, come on, mate. Livingston faced a lot of criticism in
1: the papers when he returned home, mainly because he'd promised a lot from his journey and many viewed it as a big failure, which in the short term were the goals he had set. Maybe it was, but in the long term, he had amassed lots of data about a previously unmapped area. His expedition paved the way for the creation of the British Central Africa Protectorate three decades later. So it did have its advantages and disadvantages.
2: I'm just, I feel so dubious about... a a British guy coming into Africa and going, I'm going to fix everything. Mm. But you're telling me this guy's a good guy? Yes.
0: yeah, right. Mainly because of the anti-slavery stuff. And Dave named himself after him.
2: Oh, that's true. But, I mean, you know, Dave is very vain. So. (laughs) Is it vain to
1: name yourself after
2: someone else? It's very vain. I
1: suppose if you think
2: he's a good person.
1: Uh, Back in Britain in the summer of 1864, Livingston with his brother Charles wrote his second book, Narrative of an expedition to the Zambezi and its tributaries.
0: Oh, too long. Too long. Yeah. Call it Harry Potter.
2: That's smart. And the Goblet of Azkaban or whatever.
1: <laughs> Livingston was advised at this time to have a surgical operation for the hemorrhoids that had troubled him since his first great African journey. He refused, and it's uh, probable that severe bleeding hemorrhoids were the cause of his death at the end of his third and greatest African journey, which is brutal to imagine. Ble- so he's, he bled out of his. He bled to both. death out of his. Possibly.
2: Hemorrhoids are like big balls of blood in your butt. Is that right? Oh, something like
0: that.
1: Oh. No, I'm 100 across. It's it's something horrible to do with your butt. Yeah, that's all I know. In my medical, that's opinion.
0: all I wanna know. <laughs> Which brings us to butts our... are only for kisses on the bottom.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: Kisses on the bottom, Paul.
2: Oh, that was like the Paul McCartney thing. <laughs>
1: Uh, this brings us to the part of the topic that James Roy really wanted me to focus on, which is the quest for the Nile. Livingston returned to Africa for the final time in 1866. This time his mission was threefold. One, as usual, spread the Christian gospel. Two, abolish slavery in East Africa. And three, find the source of the Nile River. Okay, so
0: just a small plan. Yes. Just a nice, easy, achievable an easy, plan. An easy
1: one,
0: two, three. Easy. Easy as A, B, C. So basically, at this time,
1: the Nile River is this amazingly long river in Africa, which I'm sure we all know. At this time, <laughs> now
0: it's a That's name a of a shoelace That's company. A shoe. <laughs> is that true? Nile shoelaces. Yes.
2: Yes.
1: Okay, let's go around and list our favorite shoelace companies. What the hell Nile. are you talking about? It's
0: My oh. favorite—they're
2: the best. Yeah, it's mine too. I'd be surprised if you name anyone else, Dave. Yeah, oh, sorry. no one does it better.
1: I've worn boots for eight years, and I just can't remember the last time I tied shoes. Anyway. I digress. So basically at this time the Nile River, and it still is, but it's a really long river. Really? People debate whether the Amazon or it is longer, but anyway, it's one of the longest two rivers in the yeah, world. Where
2: does that debate go? That feels like something should be.
1: Because oh, people argue about what you can count as part of the river because oh. there's offshoots and all that kind of stuff. But at this time, no one knows where the Nile is coming from. They're just, oh. they're just at the bottom part of it. So they just
0: want to find out where it's coming from. Oh, that's a good point. I've never looked at a river and thought, where do you come from? Yeah, what's the mouth? I just accept that there's a river. Yeah. gosh that's, a and that's f- what that's the difference between you and david yeah you're right
2: That's why, but you've got much better mindfulness than him
0: oh yeah my that's
1: mindfulness true. is off chops at uh, this time livingston went without european subordinates and took only african and asian followers he thought that was the problem last time but again trouble broke out amongst his crew and he found it difficult to cope Originally he planned to avoid what was at the time Portuguese territories, however, he went through them and to avoid punishment had to spread rumors that he was dead.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He faked his death. (laughs) He faked his own death.
1: Although it was proved the following year that he was still alive, a touch of drama was added to the reports circulating back home about his expedition. So he told them he was dead and then that, that got back to England and Scotland and people were like, Oh, he's fucking dead.
0: I mean, he's got kids back in England. That's mean.
1: Whoops. Uh, One of the most remarkable things about David Livingston was his physical constitution as a man or as a person. This is a time before cures for malaria and people, especially Westerners, are dropping and dying left, right and centre from it. Mm -hmm. He did get sick a lot. Some put his malaria count as getting the potentially deadly disease 30 separate times. How? Mosquitoes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> but of course. But, um,
2: Butterflies. And despite this
1: and the fact that he thrashed his body across terrains and deserts that many thought impossible, he lived to be a respectable age for a healthy Victorian of the time, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, wow. Maybe because he was a doctor and he knew how to care for himself a bit better than others. but Mindfulness.
0: Still, mm. Mindfulness.
1: Mm. Keep forgetting the Holy Trinity. Keep forgetting it.
0: Never forget. Takes a little bit of time out of your day for you. And just yodel. connect and yodel. yodel.
1: Uh, he was ill during his final journey, but still managed to make it farther west than any European before him. So another record, and he was the first white man to reach a number of lakes, many more lakes. He had dysentery,
0: pneumonia. Dysentery is a bad one. Oh yeah, he just—it's like diarrhea. Lots
1: of shit. That you was you know, that was on the Shackleton
2: episode, I think. They're all. Yeah, it's also
1: very contagious too. So yeah. once one person... You've you all it. got dysentery now. So Jeez. dysentery, pneumonia, and developed tropical ulcers on his feet that made it almost impossible to move, and he had oh to rest God. for three months.
0: But they're tropical. That's
1: fun.
2: Three months. They smell
0: like pina coladas. <laughs> your feet smell like pina coladas.
2: Oh, that's something. Yeah. Hey, that's a little they civil just,
0: You just put your feet up on an on an Ottoman Empire, and they sound like... You can just hear um, kettle drums. Wow. Mm.
2: That's great. Mm. No wonder he put his feet up.
0: Yeah, he would do, wouldn't
2: he? Strange
0: that he thought he was going insane at
1: the time. Yeah. Put your feet up, you can just hear kettle drums. They're a fun instrument. (laughs) He was the first white man that the locals in this part of Africa had ever seen, and he reportedly had to eat his meals in a roped-off area to quell their curiosity. They kept coming up to him and wanting to see him.
2: Like a velvet rope?
0: He's like a celeb. It sounds like a velvet. He's in a VIP it's area. It's what I imagined.
1: He's in a VIP area. Please, no photos.
0: That's awesome. I'm
1: trying to eat. And they're like, your feet smell divine.
0: <laughs> what is that music? <laughs> what are those kettles drums? It's amazing.
1: An event that guarded for the last few years of his life occurred on, 15th, on the 15th of July, 1871, when he witnessed around 400 Africans being massacred by slave traders on the banks of the Wallaba River. Many women and children were also killed. Oh. This massacre horrified Livingston, leaving him too shattered to continue his mission to find the source of the Nile for many months. We had to have another break. it put, really
0: Put his fate up for a bit.
1: Really affected him psychologically. Livingston completely lost contact with the outside world for six years and he was ill for most of the last four years of his life. Only, so he was sending letters, but only one of his 44 letter dispatches made it to Zanzibar. So there was much speculation, particularly back in Britain, that he was dead. So Welsh-born American journalist and explorer Henry Morton Stanley had been sent to find Livingston by the New York Herald newspaper in 1869.
0: Stanley, I'm sending you on a mission, see?
1: <laughs> it could be. No, please, give me more. Give me more. I want more. Nah.
0: But is it going to be dangerous, boss? I'm not a puppet, David.
2: <laughs> I'm not going to just try and be funny on your podcast. <laughs> On a whim, David. <laughs> that was funny how you called him David. Did you call him David? Mm. Real fun.
1: After eight months of searching, Henry Morton Stanley found Livingston in the town of Bujiji in western Tanzania on the shores of Lake Tanganyika on the 10th of November, 1871. One of Livingston's uh, servants, Susie, came running at the top, to, uh, at the top speed of 42 kilometres <laughs> an hour. He was running at six knots. <laughs> I'll try again for everyone at home. One of Livingston's servants, Susie, came running at the top of his speed and gasped out, an Englishman! What? An Englishman! I see him! And then they darted off to meet him. The American flag at the head of the caravan told of the nationality of the stranger. Stanley greeted him with a now extremely famous line, Hey, matey, (laughs) how do you bloody do there? Dr. Livingston, I presume? That's
2: a real thing.
1: That's true. Livingston responded, yes, which is an incredibly proper English line. Yeah, he should have yes. said,
2: we we <laughs> so, No,
1: like Dr. Livingston, I presume. So you've been searching with this guy that many people think is dead throughout like the middle of fucking nowhere yeah. for eight months and you're still so proper that you go, Dr. Livingston, I presume.
2: Don't you reckon he? what he said was, holy fuck, is this for real? <laughs> is it really you, Dr. Livingston? Hey, and uh, when you document this moment, could you make me sound real cool? He's
0: had a long time to think about what he's going to say. Also,
2: it's a bit like the Neil Armstrong on the, on the
1: moon. Yeah. So it's an, it's an amazing line. It's gone down in history as, an, as a very famous quote. People debate about whether it actually happened.
0: Yeah, we just
2: did it then. You just saw that happen right but, in front of us. But many people. Oh, oh, many people. Okay, I'm not many people all of a sudden.
1: Stanley brought much-needed food and medicine and Livingston soon recovered. He joined Stanley in exploring the northern reaches of the lake, Lake Tanganyika, and then accompanied him uh, 200 miles eastward. Oh, now they're just on an
0: adventure together. It's like a little montage in the they're movie. Pretty,
1: it's beautiful. It's a beautiful, Aww. beautiful time. But he refused all of Stanley's pleas to leave Africa with him and come home. And on the fourteenth of March, eighteen seventy-two, Stanley departed for England to report his fantastic story to the world.
2: Wow! So he reported that he said, "Doctor Livingston, I presume." Yes.
0: There weren't Sass many, twins disagree.
1: There weren't many other journalists to uh, confirm or deny the moment.
0: Well, there was nobody else there. I don't believe a thing Stanley says from now on.
2: Stanley sounds like all oh, right, I bet you he didn't exist.
0: Yeah, Stanley's a figment. He's of,
2: made himself up. <laughs> yeah. What a real work. <laughs> it's piece the editor of
0: making him up. Always wanted to get into her children's books, she. She's making up stories.
2: What a weird way to get in. Yeah. It's children's books via
0: making shit up.
2: Uh, actually, that's probably the way they to get in. They
0: invented media ethics after this event. Right. Oh. It was a different time. Dave wants to go on. Go on.
1: Now, the final part of the story is Livingston, again, moved south, still obsessed by his quest for the Nile and the, the source of this amazing river and his desire for the destruction of the slave trade. His belief was that if he could solve the age old mystery of where the source of the Nile is, his fame would give him enough influence to end the East African Arab Swahili slave trade. P- possibly misguided, possibly a little bit crazy, but that, that was his, th- his reasoning. A
0: lot of confidence in yeah.
1: himself
2: there. But also in the fact that, yeah, what are, oh, now you know where a thing happens? Well, what do you want us to do with the wars and stuff? Finish them? Great. What else?
1: I have heard that it described as what the Victorians knew about Africa. It's so fascinating to them because no, no one really knows what's going on in the middle of the continent.
0: And Toto hasn't written that song yet. That's right. They'd, they know
1: nothing of the rains.
2: You're talking about uh, Hold the Line?
0: Mm-hmm. Love isn't always on time. No, da, da, da. Oh, no. Was that Toto? That was Toto. Mm, so it's Rosanna. Ros- oh, Ros-
1: yeah.
2: I never knew that a girl like you would ever say something. Rosanna. Oh, fuck. I don't know why I ever do that and then hope you edit it out. You probably would.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> on finding the Lualaba River, Livingston mistakenly concluded that it was the high part of the Nile River. Which was wrong.
0: Oh, bow, bow. But
1: before he could find out, and that was his big theory, his big hunch, but before he could find out if he was indeed right, his illness finally overcame him. Mm. In May 1873 at Chitambo in what is now northern Zambia, Livingston's African servants found him dead, kneeling by his bedside as if he was in prayer. Oh. He was 60 years old.
2: Wow. He did a lot in 60 years. Dave, yeah. this is, this is going to annoy you guys potentially, but you know what else happened in 1873? The St. Kilda Football Club was formed.
1: Oh, wow.
2: So maybe he died and came back reincarnated as the St. Kilda Football Club. (gasps) Your beloved team. Imagine. Jess is trying hard to imagine. Look at her. She really, she can't, she just can't do it, doesn't have the brain power (laughs) at this time of night.
0: Mm, Good save.
1: So sadly, he has passed on, Uh, but his body. In order to embalm it, they removed his oh, heart.
0: Oh, no, not embalming.
1: Oh, they, packed his ass. they removed his heart, removed his heart, and they buried uh them buried it in African soil. So his heart is literally still in Africa.
0: Oh. Right. His That's heart out.
1: nice. Uh in a difficult journey. Is that
2: because of some sort of a like a vampire scenario? <laughs> I'm not sure what's going where on. you got to bury parts from in different areas otherwise they'll reform it and and, and uh, go on a killing spree. <laughs>
1: yeah, it it still could happen. Imagine
2: packing his ass because he died of hemorrhoids.
1: Oh. <laughs> uh, if you haven't heard the <laughs> burial cremation episode, that's going to sound insane. <laughs> Imagine packing his hemorrhoid-filled ass. <laughs> oh. Anyway, Dave, do go on. No explanation <laughs> necessary. You should
2: really listen to that episode if packing asses is your thing. Is your is your thing? Uh, you know, packing corpses, asses, mm. cadavers, or whatever you call them.
0: cadaver. Cadaver. <laughs>
2: <laughs> good day
1: <duh>, sir. <laughs> they carried. This is a sign of respect of him, they, of the man. They carried his cadaver in difficult journey in a difficult journey that took nine months, uh, all the way to the coast.
2: Oh, it'd be all right. Oh, it'd
1: be fucking horrible. Smell. That's why they packed his ass real good. Oh. It was taken to England, and in a great Victorian funeral, he was buried in Westminster Abbey on the 18th of April, 1874. Obviously, an extremely high honour.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. You
1: know, a lot of kings, you know, most kings and queens are buried there. That's yeah. where
2: the Poet's Corner is or whatever. Poet's
1: Corner with Charles Dickens and all those kind of things. So you can see David Living's uh, body. Well... Not, not his body. I, I mean, don't it, want it. It didn't go well. The nine months. It didn't. No. it doesn't look good. Yeah, and and 150 years have passed. Uh, the last journals of David Livingston were published in the same year. So his final, his final book. Uh, he left behind a large legacy and was, is one of the giants of the Victorian era. In his three decades of travel, it he is. You uh, never
0: mentioned he was a giant.
2: <laughs> I was thinking that as well. I was gonna. Let, I'm like, he never be. <laughs> just I always pictured him to be. Average size. How do you yeah. think
1: he he went where no one went before? His yeah. wa- his his step is about six times Bush. more than anywhere else. Bush.
0: Bush. God, his noises
1: are good, aren't they? Yeah. What what number was that?
2: That's seven seventeen seventy three. How many do I have? A thousand. Seventeen oh three.
1: A thousand.
2: Seven <laughs> seventeen.
1: <laughs> Fuck. We're nearly there, everyone. 1,000 noises? The man right. of a 1,000 noises. I've undersold it. Uh, <laughs> so he's a giant. Literally, figuratively, figured, literally. <laughs> Just go with that. In his three decades of travel, it is arguable that Livingston may well have influenced Western attitudes towards Africa more than any other individual before him. His discoveries... Geographic, technical, medical and social are still being explored in in certain ways. Within 50 years of his death, for better or worse, colonial rule was established in Africa and white settlement was encouraged to extend further into the interior. However, what Livingston envisaged for colonies was not of what we now know as colonial rule, but of settlements dedicated to Christian Europeans who would live among the people to help them work out ways of living that did not involve slavery. So he had... Uh, probably better ideals than what ended up happening. And as a slavery, Livingston fought against it. Although from time to time he did have to engage with Arab slave traders to get around, he didn't actually use slaves himself. He did bring attention to the ongoing slavery crisis in his letters, books, and journals, and it stirred up public support for for the final abolition of slavery. The British government put pressure on the Sultan of Zanzibar, and he closed the slave trade in 1873, just six weeks after Livingston died. This ended the legal trade in slaves on the east coast of Africa. And because of this, out of the explorers of Africa, Livingston is still the most revered and still loved by locals in Africa. Many of the others have had their statues torn down and, like, history looks upon them very badly, but he is still widely celebrated across the continent. Awesome. So, Because of of his um, advocacy of, you know, the slave trade. Hmm. So bringing attention to it. Right. His adventures did come at a cost, though. His only regret was that he didn't spend more time with his family. He was married to his wife, Mary, for 17 years, but they only lived together for four of those years, and he didn't see much of his children grow up. That
0: sounds bloody ideal to me, mate. tell you what, (laughs) you bloody can't live with them. Send them to England, eh? Send them to England. (laughs) As the saying
1: goes. As that famous African saying goes. Yeah. Can't
0: it's with, just, with it's just they're, I mean, every relationship's different and yeah. Mary and David uh, go by the four years on, seven, f- 13 years off. <laughs> four years on <laughs> then the last 13 off. Well, no, oh. they didn't know it was going to be the last, yeah. did they, Dave? They no, were
2: due to another four. Yeah, four, they were
0: thinking so. The next year was going to be, be back on. Another four.
2: On. That four. was why it was so heartbreaking. It was so close. But uh, soothing Mary's broken heart was the fact that she a was young football deaf. club the Saint Kilda Saints, not that not yet known as the Saints, formed uh, that year. But Jess said early in this, and i have some reason committed to it anyway. She was already dead.
0: Yeah, yes, she
1: had died about twenty years
0: earlier. Just let the better joke live. Unlike Mary. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, in fairness, she'd be dead now anyway, so it's okay. In 2002, David Livingston was named among the 100 greatest Britons following a UK-wide vote. That's cool.
2: There you go. Up there with Elton John, Robbie Williams.
1: (gasps) And it seems to me to live your life like a candle in in the wind. wind. Classic. Final two facts about him. lot of stuff is named after david livingston including he didn't name that much himself he would always often name things about his queen Queen victoria such as uh, lake victoria victoria falls but blantyre in malawi is named after david livingston's scottish hometown so blantyre blantyre you're definitely saying that wrong how would you say that well I mean I wouldn't look I'm I w- saying I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dare <laughs> I'm saying it how the people from Malawi say it. right, ah, uh, I've yes. looked up that, so you Scottish people can fuck off because <laughs> I am a man of Malawi. We've well, always said that about you, Dave, dare
2: you, Dave? you know I've got a Scottish surname,
1: well, you know I've got a mel I Mal- 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 <laughs> don't know how to say the,
2: the not really crumbled out <laughs> there from underneath you. <laughs>
1: And finally, the city of Livingston in Zambia, which is right on the border of Zambia and Zimbabwe, where Victoria Falls is, is still named Livingston.
0: Oh, that's
1: nice. We've got a whole city named after. The city
2: Livingston is still named Livingston. That's right. That is fun.
0: I didn't say it was fun fact. I think it's fun.
2: I think that was fun fact. I did say it was fun. I did say. I
0: said it. You've written it down. It said fun fact on your notes. have you been reading along the whole time? The
1: whole time. But that was the story of David Livingston. David Warnecke. Thank you. That yes. was an excellent story. Was Thank you. Because in many ways, not a perfect man, but in many ways, a remarkable man. Thank you. Well, oh, don't you don't have to stand up? They, okay, they didn't stand up
2: because <laughs> we didn't have to. You said so,
1: and thank you to James Roy for uh suggesting that as a topic.
0: Thanks, James Roy. That Roy, was great. Roy.
1: Jim Jam, James Roy, Jim and Jam.
0: What, what a fascinating life! It's amazing, isn't it? Really, yeah,
1: kind of makes me want to get out there and you know, do a bit more adventuring, a bit more mm. traveling, but mm. at the same time, if I did even a day of what he did, I'd die. So <laughs> there's a lesson to be there. there, is, there somewhere. There is
0: a lesson there. Um, and I'm proud of you for learning that lesson.
1: Now, of course, this episode and this show in general would not be possible without the great support of the people who made us our parents. That's right. Let's hear it for John and Annie. <clears> this <throat> is fun to pretend that Jess's parents are all our parents
0: hey in a way they are they certainly are but
1: this show is also not possible without the people that support the show through patreon patreon.com slash do go on pod if you love the show and you think it's worth chucking in a buck or two or five or ten or 50 million a month you can head over to patreon.com slash do go on pod it supports the show makes you feel good makes us feel great and also you get some rewards in exchange including a shout out at the end of the episode uh, access to all uh, pre-sales to all out tickets for live shows, bonus episodes once would, a month.
0: Would you guys accept fifty million dollars a month?
2: Yes. Hmm.
0: Me too. I would. I'd
1: take it all the way to the bank. Wow.
0: That's awesome. Can someone please give us that?
2: I'd go full time. I reckon.
1: You give up any other work yeah. if you're making fifty million a month? Yeah, I reckon. I mean, after fees, it's only like forty nine point nine nine million a month.
0: I'm just not sure I could give up my call center job. <laughs> You're just attached. That's just my main passion. Is your calling? Oh fuck, that's good. Thank well you. Well done. Hey, can I can I um, can I start with the patrons? Yeah, we've got
1: to thank a few people now.
0: Now, what should we what should we give to them? Yeah, mm, sometimes
1: the gift
2: of life.
0: All right. Okay, let's
2: just say.
1: They were lost in the jungle for six years. Yeah. And you saw them. What would you say?
0: Oh. Dr. Livingston, I presume. Very good. Okay, great. Well, I would like to start off with someone from um, a beautiful area north of here, Coffs Harbour.
2: The Big Banana.
0: Big Banana. I would like to thank. The Big Banana, I presume. (laughs) Okay, that's what Dave is going to say to Owen Ledner. Uh, The
1: Big Banana, I presume. Oh, that's good. And he says, yes.
0: There you go. Cool.
1: One more time with a beautiful name there.
0: Owen Ledner. Oh, that's good stuff. It's good, isn't it? It's poetry. I like yeah. that. Okay. And the the other person that we'd like to thank as well is David James. Oh,
1: that's my first two names. Are you gonna thank me? <laughs> yes, Imagine. I support the impression. David
0: James Gaskell. From <gasps> Liverpool. Oh, Matthew. Liverpool.
1: That's f- so good. The fifth I- Beatle, I
0: presume. Oh, very good. <laughs> you are good at this. Good job, Dave, because sometimes you suck at this. <laughs> no, look, I'm, you're setting me up for failure over the next four. I didn't mean to, but genuinely great stuff so far, mate. Keep up the good work.
2: Did I already say I saw Paul McCartney last night? I can't yeah, remember. he did. He, did. he was, it was so good, right? And he play- he's one of the Beatles, Dave. You presume. And he, he told so many good stories. He told us one story. He's like... So me and John, yeah, we're walking down the street, you know, and this car comes by and there's there's a couple of guys in the car and we have a look and it's, it's you know, it's uh, it's uh, Keith Richards and Mick Jagger, you know, and they're going the same way as us. So we get in the car, you know, and we go up to this pub, you know, whatever. And uh, and they're like, we're looking for a, you know, we want a single, you know, we're looking to record an album. And uh, we go, oh, we've got a song and uh, here it is. And anyway, this is the song that we played. It was their first hit and it was an album track for us. It's... Uh, I want to be a man. Just the whole night was just these six, just Fuck, these six so stories. name like, drops. Well, I mean, it wasn't all. No, nah,
0: he was just fucking name dropping. But then he was just saying names. Rihanna. I've met the queen.
1: He the didn't.
2: Name, he played the song Rihanna. he did with Rihanna, but he didn't name drop her. He didn't even mention her or Kanye. I'm like, I definitely would have gone. Here's a song I made with Rihanna and Kanye.
1: Would you really think that he would mention those two when, out of all the actual cool people he's met, Before- <laughs> cop that Kanye, you prick. I reckon before also playing Brianna. that song,
2: oh. I reckon before playing that song, definitely. It's a good tune. I like Four, that song. five
0: seconds. I think I like I it.
2: Am. I'm just, I'm still in that, I'm, I'm in that Beatle bubble. I just had such a good time. Get him out. There were fireworks during Live and Let Die. No. Live and Let Die. No. <laughs> and that's yeah,
0: that's sick. It was, did you do Blackbird? You did Blackbird. Oh god, was Tears, so tears.
2: Blackbird, yeah, they were two of the big hearts. He played something as well. No oh. sick. Yeah, it's like a tribute to George. <laughs> so yeah, fifth Beatle, I presume. I, I, I really I was I think I flipped in a John Now yeah, I was trying to do Paul, but I think I was doing more John. Sorry really about did. that, everybody. I loved it. Could I can I thank a couple? Oh I'd love know that. Know? I'd love to thank Philip Boothby from the affluent east of Melbourne in Hawthorne.
1: Oh, a rich man, I presume. <laughs> Near God, where I live, man. God,
0: you are good at this. I look. I just get my own people. You know,
1: Philip. They Boothby. love being
0: reminded how rich they are. They do.
1: I really I like do. the
2: name Philip Boothby.
0: Do you walk into your local cafe and say, "I'm wealthy"? Do you do that? <laughs> Doesn't have to, because
2: <laughs> everyone who walks yeah. in that cafe. Uh, yeah. You actually have. To I decla- am also wealthy. You have
1: to declare if you're poor, because it's the only point of difference. Interesting. You do
2: you think Philip Boothby would mind if I called him Philly Boo? <laughs>
1: I love it. I love that too. Philly boo, I presume. (laughs) (laughs) Who else else we
2: got? I'd also, uh, this guy lives in maybe the coolest sounding non-Gary Indiana city in America. (laughs) Let's start the list. Peachland, North Carolina. Quick fun fact though, uh, North Carolina is actually where Michael Jordan played high school, college basketball, right? And he wore his college shorts the whole time through his NBA career underneath his Chicago Bulls shorts. That's a little fact I learnt from a movie called Space Jam.
1: <gasps> Bugs Bunny, I presume.
2: <laughs> so Joshua Cabrera from Peachland, North Carolina. The Peachland.
1: Peachland. That is.
2: That sounds like a, a Mario Brothers world. Uh, yeah,
0: so. Peachland. Is that real?
2: Peachland. Love uh, it. I'm going to have to. It's
0: probably Peachland.
2: It would be Peachland as well. Sorry, Peachland, Peachland at and
0: Peachland,
2: Peachland. It's like a shopping center in Melbourne. Peachland. <laughs> it's where we get all our peaches. Peaches. <laughs> they do well, sell peaches. Where do you go to get your peaches? I go to. I got. I got a Peachland. to I get my peach snaps there. Get my peach peaches. I get my peach potatoes. Pe- get my peach towel.
1: Peach smelling shampoo. <laughs> peach, peach, peach towel. T- Good stuff.
2: No, 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 no. <laughs> so sorry to say that near your name, Joshua Cabrera. I got two sick names there. Can I call? Would you guys think if he would mind if I called him Joshy Cab?
1: Just try. He, and would, stop he, he, you. Would, he would
2: mind, wouldn't he? Joshy Cab didn't work.
0: Doctor Pete. Josh Cabby. Just call him Josh. Josh.
2: Look, all right. Doesn't all have to be cute, Josh? Nah. I'm just going to call you Josh Smash.
1: All right, I got a couple here and I'm gonna give one to Jess and one to Matt no, for the No, I don't wanna do
0: it. I don't wanna do it. I want you to do it. Just Dad. go real quick. No, because that's how you went.
1: Daesh that time.
2: <laughs> and we still talk about it today.
1: <laughs> never let that let that go. It just can't. Daesh. <laughs> well, wow, it's good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> All right. I'll let Matt go first. Oh. Matt, I would like to thank
0: don't make me go. from Balcom
1: Hills in New South Wales. Alex Adair. Thank you, Alex Adair.
2: Fred Astaire, <laughs> I presume. No, yeah, no, nah, just We're not right.
0: good at this, Dave. What would you say there? Bulking up for stereo, I presume.
2: <laughs> Bochum Hills.
1: Bochum Hills. Stereo is a big festival. God,
0: he's good. Where people get
1: really roided up. All it's...
0: right, come on, Dave. Go six for six.
1: Right, finally. And this is that uh, maths right? Yes. I've left, left this for last because this man is from Glasgow. So I'd like to apologize for all the Scottish mistakes.
2: And calling them fucks
1: or something earlier. I love you all. Genuinely one of the most beautiful places I've ever been in Scotland. But from Glasgow, which remember is very close to where David Livingston was born. Mm-hmm. So I
2: And also Burke and Hare from around there.
0: Well they, were,
1: well, they were Irish born, but then they moved to Edinburgh. That's right. Which, Which is, is not very that far. close. It's, it's a short country.
2: train. Took that ride
1: to the pub. <laughs> I would like to thank Danny Murray.
0: You've got something here, don't you? I don't have anything. You yet. do, you but son I'm of a bitch. For it. Look at that little smirk on his face. He's fucking got something.
1: He was searching for the source of the Murray River, I pursued.
2: Murray River oh, my, is a big, big river in Australia. One, of our big,
1: my, big, big one river. of our big rivers, mate. God, he's
0: good. Well done, Dave.
1: Thank you so much. And thank you to Danny Murray. And to everyone that supports the show at patreon.com, genuinely makes a big difference in our lives. Huge. And in, and in the uh, production of the show, so we appreciate that. And it is that special time of year. We've already had our Krishmish special earlier in the month, but uh, it is coming up to this Monday. So if you do celebrate Krishmish or anything in uh, around the festive season we'd like to wish you a beautiful
2: beautiful time.
0: Beautiful time, a beautiful time
1: beautiful
2: time eat too and much. Friends and uh, families have it with families.
0: I can spend it with multiple families, I that's suppose. That's what I reckon And this be. is our second
1: last episode for the year. But don't uh, worry, we're not going to be taking any time off, so that's cool.
2: There will be a, a Christmas-related bonus episode for the Patreon listeners coming out probably now-ish as well. Or before. It's probably already out, actually.
1: Oh, well, that's very, very we nice. We haven't recorded it yet so now. Go, go check your Christmas, Christmas stockings.
0: It won't be in there. That's impossible. It'll be yeah. on the internet, <laughs> yeah. in the usual place. Yeah, that's
1: right. That's absolutely right. But, yes, yeah, so we hope you have a, a beautiful and safe time. We always love um, getting your – last year I got uh, a lot of tweets aimed at me over Christmas because I was going to have salmon and salad for my Christmas that's lunch. That's right. And people from all over the world sent me a photo of their um, – they were having Mexican burritos and all – and, like, roast in England, all this kind of stuff. So –
2: it was really fun. So if you want to send us photos of your all Christmas yes. Christmas lunch again, I really enjoyed it, so please do it again. That's so, awesome. Someone sent us a, a video of them throwing their Christmas tree out the front door, <laughs> yeah. as I like to do traditionally. <laughs> that was actually so Love funny. Christmas so much until Boxing Day, then I can fuck off. <laughs> Get it out of my house a couple of our little traditions here at Duke Life. Yeah,
1: off. But oh. Hey, you have your own. Make your own. Make your own. But thanks so much, guys. Uh, have a merry Christmas. And we'll see you next week or you'll hear from us next week. Bye. Later. Bye. Yep. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network.
0: Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's, it's up to you. Love isn't always
3: on time. Oh,
1: God. That's opium good.